Welcome, everybody. John Aravosis here with the Aravosis Report. Welcome to TikTokers. Welcome to YouTubers, everybody else. We are here today, as always, to talk about the latest news from Russia's war on Ukraine. Um, as always, I will talk to you guys for about eh, 20 to 30 minutes about the latest news, and then we will jump into questions and answers. Uh, thank you, as always, for the moderators. I'm thinking as we go on, maybe I'll just do the quick intro, and then if the moderators want to repeat for folks how you can all uh, submit your questions and stuff, that would be great. Uh, just to tell folks in general to submit your questions on YouTube, obviously, and you, your apps there. I've got two different things here, my iPad and my laptop, YouTube, Twitch, et cetera. Just use the comment box or use Super Chat if you'd like to make a donation. I appreciate that. On TikTok, use the Q&A function in my profile to submit a question. Uh, that's the easiest way for me to access them. Now, I am doing this as independent media for free. I appreciate your guys' support. The best ways you can support me is, one, follow me and subscribe. So on TikTok, hit that follow button right now if you can. The rest of you hit subscribe. Second thing is providing gifts. Those gifts actually do help the Super Chat questions on TikTok. And those fun little gifts you guys put on my head and everywhere else on TikTok, they actually do help out. So thank you for that. Um, Last little thing I do like the hat. Thank you guys. Uh, I will give priority to the questions on TikTok from subscribers. I've got a little button. So when we get to the Q and a period, um, <laughs> thank you for the butterflies. When we get to the Q and a, I will hit the subscriber button and I can see the subscribers first and same thing for super chat questions. All right, guys, let me dive right in. So, um, there was a, I was gone yesterday cause I had a little minor, minor procedure as the saying goes, but nothing serious just winded me a bit and I'm still kind of winded today, but you know, that's why we get prescriptions. Uh, thank you for the hat there, Crusher. But um, there was kind of a weird story in the last couple of days that once again raised the, you know, scary little specter of nuclear war with regards to Russia. And the story was that U.S. intelligence was saying that they uh, apparently had overheard, thank you, Darlene, or Darlene, I'm going to say Darlene, um, U.S. intelligence had overheard senior Russian military officials discussing when and how they would use nuclear weapons or they might use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Well, this was several weeks ago. It freaked out the Biden administration, it freaked out a lot of folks. Thank you for the glasses, Marcy. And this was part of the reason why several weeks ago you really heard uh, President Biden and a lot of the European allies really putting it to, to uh, Russia that they better not use a tactical nuclear weapon or a dirty bomb in Ukraine. It was because we had this intelligence privately where the senior Russian officials had been talking about it. Now, what we now find out subsequently is it's not clear that the Russians were literally talking about, hey... You know, Dr. Evil sitting here going, okay, next Tuesday, let's use a nuke in Ukraine. It might have been something as simple as they were saying, look, things aren't going well. You know, do we do we consider nukes? What do you think? And to some degree, it frankly reminds me of the discussion that we've been having in the West. Think about it. Imagine Russian intelligence listening in. I mean, we've been having it publicly, but listening into our conversation. And we were talking about, for example, well, if Russia uses a nuke in Ukraine, would we use a nuke back? Well, I guarantee you the Biden administration has been discussing just that fact. The Brits and the French as well, because they have nuclear weapons too, discussing just that fact of how should we respond? Well, on its face of it, that sounds scary, right? Well, the British and the French and the American government's senior levels discussed whether they should use nuclear weapons in Ukraine, right? Except 
that's not what it was, right? They were discussing, well, under certain scenarios, what do we do? So we don't know whether the Russians were discussing simply under, you know, does it even make sense to ever do this? And frankly, for all we know, the Russians concluded their discussion rightfully, I would add. Um, They may have concluded their discussion and said, you know what? Just like our military leaders in the West are saying, there's no military advantage to Russia using nukes in Ukraine, zero military advantage. Um, In terms of where it leaves them with the war, it simply forces NATO and the U.S. to get involved. And if NATO and the U.S. get involved, Russia's really in trouble because Russia's having a hard time beating Ukraine. Imagine what happens if NATO forces get involved. And finally, three, if the whole thing leads to a nuclear war, we keep talking from our perspective, right? We keep hearing, you know, whether it's Elon Musk, or that goofball David Sachs who works for him, or frankly, even President Biden, people talking about, oh, nuclear war. Well, don't you think the Russians are having the same discussion, right? I mean, we keep talking about nuclear war in Ukraine and going, oh my God, if the Russians go nuclear, we'll all die. Well, the Russians know that too. The Russians know that if we all go nuclear, they die too. Okay, nobody survives a nuclear war. It doesn't happen. And we know it and the Russians know it. Therefore, I think and I'll move on to the next topic now. But I think you're in a situation where there's a lot of nuclear hysteria. And frankly, there should be. Okay, even if there's a small chance of a nuclear war, nuclear war, bad. Right. Small chance still matters. But I think the Russians know and we know and I suspect all sides are kind of saying, you know what? You know, be careful there. Anyway, thank you for the swan there. Let me move on. Next topic is, oh, fundraiser. I wanted to give you a quick update. So we raised $4,000 with all of your guys' help to buy two diesel generators and two backup batteries for Ukrainian troops at the front line to use for their field hospital, to use for their kitchen and other, other needs. Thank you, Zach. Um, We were approached by some troops at the front lines. This is now going to help 50 to 100 of them, like I said, generate their field hospital, provide fuel for other things, all because the Russians have been knocking out the power in Ukraine. I just wanted to thank you guys and give you an update. Absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. You guys are amazing. Seriously. We raised this in like two days. So just wanted you to know your donations have gone to help people in need. And especially, like I said, you know, field hospital. I mean, you're, you're helping save people in Ukraine. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, the grain deal. So the next topic here, the grain deal, you know how, maybe you don't know. Okay. I'll fill you in briefly. I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume everybody knows what's going on. You know, I'm following this stuff 24 hours a day when, uh, thank you for the little explosions on TikTok. When war broke out February 24th, the Russians basically made clear to the Ukrainians, if the Ukrainians try to export any grain, because Ukraine, along with Russia, two of the biggest, if not the biggest grain exporters in the world, okay? The Russians said, if you export any grain, we are going to shoot your boats down. And all the grain exports were cut off from Ukraine. No more. Now, why did the Russians do this? One, they didn't want Ukraine to make any money, right? Two, the Russians basically wanted to hold developing countries hostage. They wanted developing countries to put pressure on Ukraine, to put pressure on America and NATO to say, you know, we're not getting enough food. You got to help us out. Half of Ukraine's grain exports go to either low-income countries, pretty much in Africa, Middle East too, but Africa, or middle-income countries in Asia. 
up. Thank you, Carlos, for that in Asia. And the Russians wanted to, uh, among other things, create a a refugee crisis that would force people who don't have food in Africa and the Middle East to go surge into Europe for help, causes a political crisis, just more turmoil, right? The final reason is, thank you, Flower Lady, for that, and and PJ, (laughs) both of you. Um, The final reason is, if Russia can cause turmoil with grain exports, that causes grain prices to go up. Well, what happens? Russia is still exporting its grain. If Russia can cause turmoil with Ukraine's exports, Thank you, Louis. And cause the grain prices to go up, then Russia makes even more money on its grain exports, which helps the war effort. Thank you, Al, for that, too. So in any case, let's fast forward to what happened a few days ago, okay? The Ukrainians, we assume the Ukrainians, we don't know, but we're assuming. The Ukrainians use a sea-based drone, like a ship from the pictures we've seen. I don't know if this thing is like 15, 20 feet long, black, very cool. I mean, it looks like something out of James, like a boat James Bond would use. And it's a drone in the water. So it's an automated automated boat in essence. And they used it to attack three or four of Russia's big warships in the dock down in Sevastopol. Let me grab my, oops, dropping things here. Sevastopol, which is the big Russian port down here in Ukrainian Crimea, which is an area that the Russians stole from Ukraine back in 2014 during the invasion back then. Well, the Russians got pissed off that the Ukrainians did this and they said, we're cutting off the grain. We're not going to let you export grain. Here's the thing. The Russians were trying to do this, and this was very smart of the Russians, okay? Thank you, Path (laughs) Path Rusk. Uh, What the Russians were trying to do is they wanted the developing countries, the poor countries, especially in Africa. Google it. It's really bad. Uh, Google the Red Cross and uh, famine in Africa. Four African countries in particular, I'm forgetting which now, but four African countries are facing famine the worst in 40 years. Okay, really bad. Well, what the Russians wanted to do was basically get developing countries ticked off at the Ukrainians. And what the Russians said was, we're not allowing any more grain to go out because Ukraine attacked our ships. Well, here's the problem. Five days before Ukraine attacked the Russian ships, the Russians already said that they were thinking of killing the grain deal. So, It wasn't because of the ships. It was an opportunity. Thank you, Annie, for the Russians to blame the Ukrainians. Well, what happens then? The Ukrainians get together with the Turks and the United Nations, and they say, you know what? We're going to keep letting some boats go. So the boats keep going with grain, and the Russians don't attack the the ships, right? They don't attack them. Thank you, Zach, for the hat. Um, Finally, the UN, Turkey, and Ukraine get together and say, you know what? Let's take a one-day pause. So I think... uh, Yeah, actually, yesterday. Yesterday was the first day they paused and they said, let's wait. Turkey and the UN are still talking to Russia. Let them talk. Well, what happens? Today, the shipments start again. Russia agreed that they could let the shipments go. And here's what Russia did. Russia said, this is Russia's statement, but it's really interesting what this says. Russia's statement about letting the grain deal continue now is Ukraine promised that it would not use its grain shipments to attack Russian military vessels. Well, you know, thank you, Louis. Who's going to use like a grain barge to attack a Russian warship? How does that work, right? But the Russians were claiming this. And by saying, well, the Ukrainians have now promised that they're not going to attack our ships using grain shipments, it, it let the Russians save face. 
as though they got some concession from the Ukrainians. Well, the Ukrainians came out today and said there was no concession. We never attacked. We, 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 we never planned and we never will plan to use our grain shipments to like literally attack Russian ships. That would be crazy. So anyway, what that pretty much means is the Russians caved, which is very interesting. Now, one point to remember, the shipment starting up again is only temporary because the uh, the deal that let these shipments go expires on November 19th. So that's 16 days from now, a little over two weeks. So there's going to be more brinksmanship from the Russians on all of this uh, as far as the grain exports. The Zaporizhia nuclear plant. Okay, let's talk about Zaporizhia. Oh, by the way, I'll reset. I am John Aravosis. This is the Aravosis Report. Uh, this is my nightly show from Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, where I update you on the latest news from Ukraine, and then we do a question and answer period uh, for the last half hour or so of the show. Uh, best way you guys can support my work here, I'm doing this independently. Nobody's paying me. I wish people accuse of the U <laughs> people accuse the CIA of paying me. I wish. Annie, thank you. Annie, just... God bless you, Annie. Annie just did the whale, the whale gift. Oh, I'm sorry, the whale. That's right, the wave. I always promise when somebody does the whale gift on TikTok, I'm going to do the wave because the whales are the waves. Thank you, Annie. That was fabulous. I appreciate that. Um, so the um, Zaporizhia nuclear plant, this is the nuclear plant that the Russians are occupying. It's a Ukrainian nuclear plant. It is right here where the river bends, I don't know if you can see pretty much where my finger is, it's occupied territory, territory the Russians are occupying. And for several months now, the Russians have been bombing it. Um, a lot of people are worried that the Russians may be, uh, in essence, trying a dirty bomb themselves. The idea being, and, I, and let, me, let me do a preface this here, the idea being if you can blow up a nuclear plant, it throws nuclear radiation all over the place. So it's not a nuclear bomb, but it's kind of one because it still causes radiation. Now, the problem with nuclear plants is they're very hard to blow up. Um, you know, that that sort of apocryphal story isn't so apocryphal. The idea that basically to blow up a nuclear plant, even a 747, you know, a jetliner crashing into a nuclear plant isn't enough to blow it up. Excuse me. Isn't enough to blow it up. That's true. The way you, you, one of the ways you get a nuclear plant to blow up. Thank you, Ellen is by attacking the power the plant needs to cool it. So what happens here, I am 100% I am Greek, but I'm American. Sorry, somebody was asking on TikTok. The, the power, the plant gets power from the outside. The power helps the water circulate, and the water goes and helps the cooling rods, not the cooling rods, the actual rods, you know, the, the, the radiate. what do you call them? I'm forgetting what the rods are called, but the rods cool down so you don't have a meltdown. Right. Well, what happens? What happened? What happens is what just happened on November 2nd, which would be last night in the evening. The Russians attacked the plant again. They took out the power. And in order for there not to be a meltdown, the plant, the fuel rods. Thank you, gents. I knew I knew I was forgetting. I was thinking cool rods, um, the, the fuel rods. So the power gets taken out in order for there not to be a meltdown. The plant gets switched to auxiliary power. It's got about 20 diesel uh, diesel generators that take diesel fuel that can run, let me see, for 15 days. But after 15 days, they run out of power and you literally have a nuclear meltdown. Um, in principle, they should be able to get the power set back up. But the Russians keep doing this and it seems to be an ongoing effort to basically 
potentially provoke a nuclear meltdown, I think, in order to freak out the West. And frankly, even what they're doing right now, even if they don't want a nuclear meltdown, because frankly, if you have a nuclear meltdown, there were people have already done analyses of this. If you have a nuclear meltdown here, guess where the radiation goes? It goes here and it goes here. Well, I got news for you. All of this is Russia. So a good amount of the radiation is going to go hit Russia itself. What probably Russia wants more isn't to have a meltdown, but to have everybody think Russia wants a meltdown, right? Because again, so much of Russia's game here has been to freak you out. And when I say you, I mean all of you literally. I mean your governments, Joe Biden, you name it. Thank you, Wei Ray, for the Aflac duck. Um, they they want to basically scare our governments into saying, thank you, Bonnie, into saying, this is all too scary. We've got to just stop this war. It's too scary. And one of the ways you do that is by threatening a nuclear meltdown, by threatening a, a meltdown of the plant. Um Next topic. Oh, I was going to tell you really quick. So I've got a Discord, which a lot of you already know, uh, discord.aravosis.com. We've been doing auctions of products, and half the money goes to support Ukrainian aid. Half of it goes to support my ongoing work. Thank you, Niels. But I've got three very cool things that I just put up in our Discord. Uh, go check it out. One is we just got Patron stamps from Ukraine. Patron is that cute little Jack Russell dog who's the bomb sniffer, the mind sniffer. Vlad, my friend in Ukraine, bought some stamps. They're they're gorgeous, the set. You can check them out over there. The second thing, and the, I'm going to show you the quick picture, and then I'm going to continue with uh, another story about Russia's nuclear threat. The second thing is, this is totally cool. This is a bracelet made from Azov-style steel. And the Ukrainian government is selling them. We bought several of them, and we are going to uh, auction them off to you guys. It is, if you look really close, you'll see the Ukrainian trident in the middle, and it says, is uh, Azov-style, from Azov-style. Very cool stuff. I just put it up for auction. You can check it out there. Um, and the final thing, and this, I'm sorry, but I just had to take a quick minute because this one I'm very proud of and very excited we were able to find President Zelensky's green combat shirt, the actual brand, the actual shirt. I'm talking this shirt that he wears, and you see how on the shoulder he's got the um on the shoulder, he's got the little badges. Well, check this out. These are literally the shirts. We found them. They've got the little um, they've got the little zipper pouches on the sleeves. I've got uh I've got basically patches that I'm selling. I'm not selling. I've got patches that I'm auctioning off as well. Authentic Ukrainian military patches. And I put them on the shirt just to show everybody. Again, go to the Discord and check it out. Thank you. They're totally cool. Uh, we've got a number of them. Depending how well they auction, I'm going to get even more because I think they'd be great holiday gifts. Okay. Anyway, I just had to say that because I just put them up before the show and I was very excited. And I mean, I'm getting some too, but I'm going to tell Vlad to buy me some separately because... I want these available for you guys for the holidays, et cetera. Thank you for the hat there. Okay, Russia is <laughs> Russia's threatening nuclear war again. There's a surprise. Um, so actually, and I'll remind you again, I am John Aravosis. By the way, for those of you who watched for the whole hour, you'll think it's a little strange that I keep introducing who I am. But one of the things you've got to do with these kind of broadcasts is it works like radio where people come and people go. And if somebody tunes into the show 
after the first couple of minutes, they may not know who I am or what we're doing. So that's why every 10 to 15 minutes, I give a quick reset and explain who I am, just so you guys know. So I am John Aravosis. This is the Aravosis Report. It is my daily show, Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, where I summarize the news of the day from Ukraine, try to make sense of it for you using my foreign policy background. I also have a background in arms control as well, but my foreign policy background. And then uh, I take your questions for about half an hour on any topic. But, you know, we try to keep it to Ukraine. All right. Next topic. So Russia's threatening nuclear war again. So um, Russia, Russia the other day came out and said the nuclear powers are teeter, teetering on the brink of armed conflict. The Russian foreign ministry said this in a statement that provocations with weapons of mass destruction may lead to catastrophic consequences. Okay. The reason I don't get worried about this, a couple of reasons. One, this could be the 50th time that the Russians have threatened nuclear war. I got to tell you, I agree that with nuclear war, we should take it seriously. Even if there's a small risk, it's a small risk of a really big impact thing, right? <laughs> the end of the world. So even if it were a 0.001% chance of the world ending, it's like climate change, actually. Even if you even if you think climate change, you know, you're not sure. You're not sure about something that could kill a lot of life on the planet. So maybe you should take it seriously. But anyway, getting off of that topic. So what they're saying is, again, with their statement this time, and I thought this was very telling, the Russians are saying that that we are teetering on the brink of an armed conflict and provocations with weapons of mass destruction, meaning nukes, may lead to catastrophic consequences. Well, they're basically accusing us of threatening them with nuclear weapons. We have never once threatened them with nuclear weapons. Ukraine has not threatened them with nuclear weapons. One of the stories I'm going to give you next is actually the next story is that the United Nations did an investigation of just that question. Thank you, Bonnie, on TikTok, of just that question of whether um, nuclear weapons, uh, Ukraine was developing a dirty bomb. But in any case, I, I, once again, I just don't, sometimes I don't even know what to make of Russia because I, I think a lot of this is them pandering to their own audience at home. And rather than admitting to people at home that Russia is the government that keeps threatening nuclear war, they have to keep saying, oh, NATO, NATO keeps threatening nuclear war. And, you know, it would be really bad to make themselves look like the good guys to their own government. But it's it's pretty weird. Um, the dirty bomb. So, all right, Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia has been claiming for a while now, that Ukraine is developing a dirty bomb and they're thinking of using it against the Russians. A dirty bomb is not a nuclear bomb, but it is a bomb that contains nuclear material. Now, there is a difference, okay? A nuclear bomb is, and I am not a physicist, but, you know, I mean, I know enough from reading. A nuclear bomb is a bomb where, and it's very precise the way you've got to get them built. You need the scientists who know what they're doing. And the, it, it's it's nuclear fission. I mean, right, fish, fission, where basically the it starts to compound, right? The nuclear explosion is literally a nuclear explosion so that even a small amount ends up being a huge mushroom cloud, right? Because the explosion fueled itself. A dirty bomb is when you have a regular old bomb and maybe it's it could be a couple bars of TNT or a couple sticks of TNT or something, right? But you take and you tie to the TNT some nuclear material. They could be fuel rods 
from a nuclear plant. They could be um, radioactivity, a radioactive material from, you know, dental equipment or something like that, right? And when the bomb explodes, the nuclear material doesn't explode. It's not like there's a nuclear reaction, but bombs explode and they throw a lot of stuff around, right? Well, the same thing would happen. The bomb would explode and the nuclear material would get thrown around. It wouldn't itself explode, but would you want to be living in an area where, thank you for that red eye, for where plutonium or uranium got vaporized and sent all over your neighborhood? That would be very scary. And that's what what dirty bombs pretty much are. They're, they certainly cause damage on the, the, the environment, but they're meant as a terror weapon. They're meant to scare the hell out of you. So Russia has been claiming for several weeks now that, you know, there is evidence that Ukraine is planning a dirty bomb. And remember how uh, Putin finally said it. He got his defense minister Shoigu to call the defense ministers of the U.S., Britain, France, Turkey, maybe some others, and tell them the same BS argument. Well, the Ukraine, God bless Ukraine, Ukraine said, okay, United Nations Come and inspect any facility you want in Ukraine and see if you find a dirty bomb. Thank you, Red Eye. And in fact, the UN came out and said there is no evidence today. There is no evidence that Ukraine has a dirty bomb or is preparing a dirty bomb. Uh, specifically, the quote was they went, they sent inspectors to three Ukrainian nuclear facilities and found no indications of undeclared nuclear activities and materials at the location. So, there you go. Thank you for the hat, by the way. Just saw that red duke. Um, next topic, Kherson. Oh, so this is getting interesting, actually. Okay. The Russians, and again, I'm going to, uh, I've only got a couple more topics, actually. And then thank you, Aflac, for the duck there. And then we'll jump to the Q&A. Oh, and the, I always forget. Oh, he's a be uh, chipmunk. Beaver. Beaver. Um, Kherson. One of the provinces I talk about a lot is the province of Kherson, which is right here, more or less. It's very important for a couple of reasons. One, it's where a lot of the fighting is taking place. I would say the most fighting taking place right now that matters is here in northern Kherson and over here in the east, um, right between Luhansk and Kharkiv, uh, the provinces right up here, okay? Remember how initially Ukraine had that big surge like two months ago when they were just freaking the Russians out by taking so much land back? That was that was up here around Kharkiv. Now the success has been here in Kherson. Um, what is taking place here? And again, just in case you guys uh, you know don't come to every show, I'll give you a quick summary again of what's going on. The um, there is a river that cuts Ukraine in half, basically. Okay, the Dnipro River. You can see how it starts all the here's Kiev, the capital. Starts all the way up here. And it comes down like this all the way through and then enters here into the Black Sea, okay? Now, what happens is in this area here, you can see, I'll even get really close. So you can see the river is cutting through here. This is all Kherson, the Kherson province. This is also the main town in the Kherson province, which is also called Kherson. It is north of the river. The Russians have about somewhere between 15 and 25,000 troops north of the river. The rest of their troops, maybe 50,000 in Kherson, are south of the river. Well, the Russians overall tend to have their troops in Ukraine south or east of the river, right? So you've got Russian troops over here, over here, over here. Then you come to the river and they follow, literally they follow the river on the bottom 
here, here in Crimea. But here, right when you get over here, they go north of the river a little bit. And what you've got is basically 20,000 Russian troops who at least potentially could be trapped north of the river. Well, the Ukrainians, being very smart and crafty, a little, as I say, smart and crafty little honey badgers that they are, decided that they would take out the bridges going across that river in order to trap the Russian troops. And they have. For the last couple of months, um, again, you vague, if you follow the war stuff, you may have vaguely heard that the Ukrainians keep attacking bridges. Now, the big bridge, the famous one, was further south. That was the Kerch Bridge that got attacked a couple of weeks ago. But before that, they kept hitting three or four bridges across the uh, the the, 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 the Dnipro River there in Kherson because the the, Russia, the Ukrainians are coming down, they're fighting the Russians, they're pushing them back, and they would love to push them against that river, and the Russians can't get across the bridge, and then they're trapped, and then they're in trouble. Now, what is going on is there's been a discussion as to whether the Russians are evacuating the town of Kherson. Remember, the town of Kherson is north of the river. Whether they're evacuating and basically taking all their men across the river where they're safer, because here the Russians have got 50,000 troops, or whether the Russians are doing a bit of a feint, whether they're trying to convince the Ukrainians that they're evacuating, but they're really not. I will say this. From, from what the experts are saying, it looks like the Russians are going to make a stand in the town of Kherson. Now, there's a reason for this. A couple different reasons, actually. Uh, first of all, the Russians eventually, Putin really wants to get the town of Odessa. Odessa, you've all probably heard of, very famous old Ukrainian town, very beautiful on the sea here. Well, guess where a lot of the grain shipments are coming from? All, actually, all the grain shipments that Ukraine is sending out to the rest of the world are coming from along here. This is the only bit of coast remaining that the Ukrainians control. The Russians have stolen all of this coast, Okay. This is what the Ukrainians control. The Russians would love to send troops and take the rest of this coast because then Ukraine would be landlocked. They wouldn't have any more exports. I mean, their exports, it would be impossible for them to export their stuff. They would lose money. And Russia would love to take the town of Odessa, which, you know, historically beautiful town, history, blah, blah, blah. Um, it is much easier for Russia to take that town of Odessa if they're on the north side of the river, than if they're on the south side of the river. So the Russians don't want to lose their foothold up here, but it looks like they're going to lose it. Um, another thing is Putin for years has wanted, first of all, he wanted to take Crimea in the south. He invaded and stole it in 2014, okay? But after he stole this, he still didn't control this. This was all Ukraine. Russia is over here. Putin wanted a land bridge. He wanted land that would let the Russian highway system basically go all the way across Ukraine and go right to Crimea. Well, that's what he's now done with this invasion. Remember how we heard a few weeks ago that Putin had uh, annexed all these provinces in Ukraine, these four provinces? And by annex, I mean literally say, these belong to me now. Oop, we got a nice... Got a nice sunset happening outside my window right now, um, saying these belong to me now. Well, he did that because he wanted a road to go directly across here and down here. Well, what happens if they lose Kherson, not just up here, but the whole region? If they lose this whole region, Crimea is now cut off once again from this land bridge that Putin wants. So that's another reason why you hear a lot about Kherson a lot about why Putin wants it, and a lot about why the Ukrainians keep fighting back to try to take it all back. 
Um, what else we got here? A few other new stories. You know, one thing just to keep an eye on, the Russians have been blaming the Brits for a lot of stuff lately, and I'm not entirely sure why. They were blaming Britain for the attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. Remember that pipeline that's bringing natural gas from Russia to Europe? And, you know, somebody tried blowing it up a month ago, six weeks ago, and pretty much everybody assumes it was Russia, but, you know, they're doing an investigation. The Russians keep claiming it was the British. First, they claimed it was the Americans. First, it was our fault, right? Now they're claiming it's the British. Add to that, when the Russian boats got, got attacked a week ago, and we assume it was the Ukrainians using an unmanned uh, boat, a naval drone, in other words, an unmanned boat to attack the Russian ships, the Russians again, thank you, Jesse, for that, the Russians again attacked the Brits and accused the Brits. I'm not sure what they're up to. They've been doing this for a while, and I'm just, I mean, keep an eye on it because there's some kind of public relations propaganda game they're doing in trying to blame everything on the Brits. And I just don't know why, I mean, because traditionally, traditionally, they hate us more. I mean, traditionally, the big bad is NATO overall and America, right? Just because of the Cold War and everything, there's a lot of baggage there about, you know, America versus Russia, right? So I'm, I'm just intrigued. And it could be because of the new British government, but there's something going on there. I haven't figured it out, but just pay attention to it because there's. I think they're going to be accusing Britain of more. Now, just to reset really quick, my name is John Aravosis. You are watching the Aravosis Report. Every time I say that, I feel like Mrs. Maisel. I don't know if you know if you ever watched that show on, uh, on Amazon. And my name is Mrs. Maisel. I am John Aravosis. Uh, you are watching the Aravosis Report. This is my daily update of the latest news from Russia's war in Ukraine. Uh, I do about a half hour Q&A and then, uh, excuse me, half hour news and then questions and answer. Um, the best way you guys can help me, please follow me on TikTok and follow me on the other services, subscribe, and then please definitely keep giving the gifts. You guys help me a lot with the Super Chat questions and with the whales. Patty, thank you again. You guys, I really have to say, you guys kind of shock me a little bit with those whales. <laughs> I really, I mean, it, it means a lot to me. I sort of never, right, the wave, the wave. I sort of never expected people would give gifts like that. So thank you. That's really nice of you. Um, okay, a few more things. Oh, actually, let me tell you really quick for TikTokers now. Uh, do use the Q&A function uh, to submit questions because I'm going to get to questions in a minute here, okay? Yeah, the whale's the coolest thing. Everybody loves that. Um, the U.S. is saying that North Korean government is covertly supplying Russia with artillery rounds. Keep an eye on that. Um, there was a prisoner of war exchange today, and it included 170, 107, excuse me, uh, Ukrainian soldiers, including 74 defenders of the Azovstal steel plant, which I was very surprised because remember, the Russians were claiming that all the men and women fighting at Azovstal were NZs, right? You know, I, I try not to use the word because I don't want to get on the bad side of TikTok here or YouTube, but, you know, NZs, right? you know, the World War II baddies. And if these guys were NZs, why would you release them in a prisoner swap? Because they're not. But that, that again, is another interesting admission from Putin that I suspect is going to cause more problems. The Q&A function should be in my profile, gents. Jens. Um, for some people, it doesn't show up. But if you go to my profile on TikTok, there should be a little box that says Q&A. I'll even show you guys really quick on my phone, but it doesn't show up for everybody because TikTok kind of does that. And I don't quite know why here. If you look on my phone, 
I'm going to zoom in. Look at that where it says Q&A next to tips. That's where it is. Okay. Um, final thing, Bulgarian parliament votes to provide military aid to Ukraine. That's great news. And finally, the final story really quick, the G20 summit is coming up, which are, uh, 20 of the world's top economies. I believe, no, it's not, it's not, de- it's not democracies clearly because Russia's going and Putin and Zelensky were both invited and, uh, Zelensky said if Putin shows up, he's not going to go. Now, I don't think Zelensky was going to go in person. I'm sure he was going to be beamed in, but he's saying I'm not going if uh, if he goes, which I think is interesting because I still – interesting question. I mean it's for Zelensky to decide, but there's a part of me that feels like make Putin uncomfortable, beam in there, because also you beam in, people are going to be applauding you and make Putin just embarrassed as hell. But again – you know, that's a call for Zelensky, obviously. I'm, I'm certainly not going to criticize any decision either way. All right, folks. As my nose starts filling up from my little, I had a little surgery yesterday on my nose. Not a nose job. I like my Greek nose, but a little called turbinate reduction, if anybody wants to Google. All right. We are at the Q&A section. We will do about 20, 25 minutes of questions. Um, if you guys want, you can submit them via the Q&A function in TikTok. Also, any of the TikTok subscribers that have the SNN logo, uh, those are people who pay six bucks a month to be subscribers to support my work. Uh, You can submit questions first if you like. I just hit the subscriber button, so I will see your gifts first. And um, I'll do a quick look here. Otherwise, I will jump in and find questions. Otherwise, hang on a second here. What was this? Um... Okay, interesting. So I'm just looking here as well. Um, oh, Syndicate is asking, when this live stream ends, can you save the TikTok broadcast you did? That way we can show people on Discord what the whale looks like. Yes, actually. What happens, which is pretty cool. Um, actually, just so TikTok folks know, the recording is saved on YouTube automatically. So you can always go to my YouTube afterwards. If you miss the show or you miss part of it, my YouTube is John Aravosis DC, but also TikTok permits me to download a copy of the show so I can download it. And that's a great idea syndicate and grab the whale. So I can show actually, I may even download it just for fun. I should have done a super cut of the whale the other day. You guys went nuts the other day. The TikTokers went nuts and bought me like five or six whales. It was insane. Um, And I should have done a super cut of that just because, anyway, it's very cool. But yeah, I will do that syndicate. That's a great idea. Try to remind me afterwards so I can, because it takes takes a few hours for it to process on on TikTok before I can get it. Um, Oh, here we go. We've got a question. We've got a question from the subscriber network. Woo-woo. Um, dear Benji, two-part. Look, you sound like a White House reporter. I've got a two-part question. When will this war come to an end, and what will you talk about when it does? Let me do the second part first. When the war comes to an end, I am thinking of trends. I will actually transition this to a more general news show because I do follow the news anyway, it you know necessarily will be more politics probably, and I know folks don't like that because. And I will say for me too, I've really enjoyed having this be about Ukraine, where we all can get together, and whether we're Democrat or Republican or left or right, whatever you are in Europe, we don't get into the political fights. And actually, I've even told the moderators. I mean, if people start getting too political, Democrat Republican, get rid of them because I don't I don't want that as part of this show. 
But, you know, when Ukraine's done, after Ukraine's liberated all of its land, I will do this as a news show. We'll just see what what the news will be. <laughs> but yes, um, when will the war come to an end? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, and I mean, I say that because I think, I don't think the war will be over in six months. Could it be over in a year? Maybe. Could it be over in five to 10 years? Maybe. Um, look at the Russian invasion of, of Afghanistan. It took 10 years for the Russians to finally give up and say, you know what? We're getting our butts beat. It took 20 years for my country, the Americans, to finally give up and say, you know what? Not give up, but say, we've done what we can in Afghanistan and Iraq, and there's no more we can do. Stop wasting the money. There's nothing more we can do. So if the Russians are able to pull it off, if they're able to find, you know, to survive to keep the war going financially, they may just keep fighting and we may have to keep supporting Ukraine. I think, look, one thing that's obvious right now is the Russians are hoping that dissent grows in Europe and America. I hear it more in America than in Europe, but that's because I'm here. You know, you've got um, some Republicans. I will say this. Most Republicans are still very supportive of the war effort, which is great. But Donald Trump isn't. You know, and Donald Trump has a lot of sway with his party. Um, we are seeing uh, the most recent poll this morning I saw come out. And let me see if I've got, if I took a copy, I think I did on my phone, because the numbers were really bad, actually, of what the, here we go. Uh, percentage of Republicans who say we're doing too much to support Ukraine. This was a story from the Wall Street Journal. Let me show you the numbers. It shows you March, um, March, May, September, and then today. This is the percentage of Republicans who say we're doing too much for Ukraine. Look at this. I'm going to show it on TikTok first and then the rest of you. It starts from 6% in March saying we're doing too much to 48% of Republicans today say we're doing too much. Check this out. That's bad. I mean, that's not good at all. And that means, unfortunately, that the message is getting through. And what you've had is, and I will say Donald Trump has been leading the charge, but it's, it's it, ironically, it wasn't even Trump leading the charge. It was really Tucker Carlson leading the charge at Fox News. It wasn't Trump. It wasn't Trump at all. Um, not initially. And Tucker Carlson has been anti-Ukraine, pro-Putin from the beginning. I don't know why. Um, he's very pro, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, I know his name. You know his name, Hungary. Um, bah! Oh, I'm forgetting Orban. Orban in Hungary, uh, very pro him as well. And Trump has now come along for the ride. And Trump is spouting a line that a lot of Republicans have. But but again, most Republicans are still being good about this. But Trump is saying, why are we spending so much money abroad? We should be spending it on Americans. And <sighs> we're not spending money abroad that we're not spending on Americans. It's not like anybody said, hey, I, I like it when they bring up the homeless, especially. That's the one that always gets me. And I'm like, Democrats would love to spend more money on the homeless. <laughs> it's not like Democrats are the ones going, gosh, if if we only didn't have Ukraine, we could spend more on the homeless. It's another political party who usually doesn't want to spend that stuff. Um, but in any case, my point in bringing all this up was if I were Putin, I'd be sitting here and saying, you know what? Next week's election, next Tuesday in America, we have a big congressional elections and state elections. Currently, it is thought that the Democrats will lose control of the House of Representatives. Maybe they won't, but that's how it looks currently. And they may even lose control of the Senate. All they have to do is lose control of one of those bodies, and it gets a lot harder to um, a lot harder to finance the war. 
So I don't know how long this is going to go, but I think it's going to get a lot more complicated. All right, let me see here. I've got actually Roshin. I do have the two super chats here. Marion. Hi, Marion. Has Russia progressed repair? Oh, of the Kerch Bridge. How will this change things in Kherson? Yes. So I, you know, it's funny. I just read this before the show. Russia is hoping that one Kerch Bridge, Kerch Bridge is the bridge you heard about a couple months ago, uh, not even a couple months ago, maybe a month ago. Big daring U- attack. We assume it was Ukraine. Nobody knows. We're assuming it was Ukraine. Let me go back to the main screen so I can see if anybody else, and, and I see the second super chat. Don't worry. Um, that bridge is right here on the end of Crimea. And again, Crimea, remember, is Ukrainian. The Russians stole it in 2014. Right on the end is the town of Kerch. Well, you go about 12 miles across the water and you get Russia. So you can't see it here, but all of this is Russia right here. Putin wanted to connect his little conquest in Crimea to Russia. So he built like a 12 mile bridge across there. Okay. Well, somebody attacked the bridge a month ago, pretty much, uh, pretty much killed the rail traffic. There's a, there were two rail lines on top of the bridge, killed that. And there were four car lanes, two in one direction, two in the other. It totally collapsed the two lanes in one direction. The two in the other are thought to be somewhat unstable. They're only letting a certain number of cars go through. What I read today was they think lane three, the the Russians are claiming lane three will be ready uh, early December and lane four will be ready end of December. Um, Let's see what happens with the rail transport. Now, it's important because a lot, I would say, most of the Russian support for its war effort here in Kherson, which is the big region that I've been talking about. Remember, a lot of the battle is taking place here in Kherson. There's 70,000 Russian troops. They've got to get enough food to feed those 70,000 troops every day. You've got to get those guys three meals. So imagine and just that, let alone fuel, ammunition, right? These guys are firing their weapons. They need more ammunition. They need more fuels for their trucks and their, their vehicles, right? Uh, Thank you, Michael, for that, for, you know, their Jeeps, whatever the Russians use, right? So all of that typically would come through Kerch. It would come across the bridge. It would come across the bridge by truck, and it would come across the bridge by rail. Rail isn't happening, and the trucks are now, the bridge is in such bad shape. Thank you, Al, for that. The bridge is in such bad shape that they aren't even sending trucks across the bridge. They're sending trucks by ferry. As of a couple of weeks ago, we heard that it was taking trucks. There was a four-day long line to get across this bridge. So if it was the Ukrainians that attacked this bridge, they really set back the Russian supply effort here. So getting, getting these two lanes set up, let's put it this way. If Russia gets the additional two lanes of car traffic or truck traffic established, that will help a lot to resupply the troops. If they get the rail, it'll help even more. No one's talking about the rail yet. I am still a little suspicious because at least from what I heard, a lot of the experts who were looking at the explosion and looking at the damage, they said they'd be very surprised if that bridge was even stable. In other words, the kind of damage that happened to the structure of the bridge, they just would be very surprised. So what'll be interesting to see is when Russia gets, and mind you, Russian engineering, right? When they get these additional two lanes going, are they still going to trust the bridge enough to let trucks cross? Or is it going to be like 
the same problem where they're going to say, well, maybe the trucks have to keep coming by the ferry. So, I mean, it's going to help Marion because just having more car traffic, I guess, helps. But the big question is going to be trucks and trains. And if you can't, if if you can't make the bridge stable enough for trucks and you can't get the rail line connected, it's not going to be as helpful. I can't believe I had a Marion question that I actually read right before I came on the show. Marion is expert at asking tough questions. Madeline Albright can tell you that. Well, Madeline Albright could have told you that. Uh, just to remind folks, I am John Aravosis. This is the Aravosis Report. I'm coming to you live from Washington, D.C. This is my daily show where we talk about the latest news from Ukraine. I give you my hopefully expert opinion for background in foreign policy for about 30 plus years now in D.C. And... Um, and then I take your questions. We are in the question period. So let me look. There was a second, thank you for the Aflac duck. There was a second uh, question from Kira or comment. Let me see. Oop. I went to a Stevie Nicks con- concert last night and she had a song dedicated to Ukraine. It was beautiful and had images of Zelensky. Uh, that's okay how to spell it because honestly, there is no correct way in English because it's Ukrainian. Um and the war, it had a beautiful, it had images of Zelensky and the war-torn buildings for the background. Oh, I didn't even know about that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I had no idea. No idea. Huh. That'd be, I mean, I assume there's, I'm hoping there's a video out or something of that. That'd be cool to see. Um, let me see here. There's another super chat question. And thank you guys for the super chat questions. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, let me see here. Oh, do follow me. I forgot to say, follow me on TikTok. Follow me and subscribe on YouTube and everywhere else because the follows are the best ways you guys can help me. In addition to the gifts, please keep the gifts coming. I really appreciate it. That helps too. Um, Cassie, do you think Russia will ever be bold enough to attack the UK? Absolutely, positively not. A couple reasons here. Well, yeah, two reasons. One, the UK. Thank you, James. We got another whale. We got two whales. Thank you. I give the wave. I give the wave for the whales. Thank you, James. That was wonderful of you. Um, oh, was it three today? I thought it was two today. I'm spacing out. Three. Hang on. I'm looking back here. Oh, it only lets me go go back so far. Okay. Thank you for that. Wow. You guys, you guys are being amazing again. I really appreciate this. Seriously. It helps a lot. <laughs> well, cause I've been worried about whether I can keep doing these broadcasts financially and you guys, it's been, everything's coming together with the discord and the Patreon. I do have a Patreon by the way. I do it. Dis- oh, the store. Oh my God. I forgot to tell you guys too. We've got new designs in the store. Now I've got a store set up for a while now. Store.aravosis.com. Um, my last name, or you can just go to aravosis.com. And it's my link tree. You'll find my store. You'll find my Patreon. You'll find my Discord. But we've got new designs in the store. I don't think I've got it handy right here. They're so cool. Wendy, who's one of our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful folks who follows me on here and 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 supports me and is an amazing. Um, let me pull this up. We've got we've got actually. I'm going to take a picture of each of these to show you because they're really funny. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I mean, one is just fabulous. My nephew is cute. I show this to my nephew and he already bought several. So the first one is when the first one is this has been an ongoing joke we've had is oops, hang on, go back here. This has been an ongoing, an ongoing joke we've had because the Russian trolls keep coming and they keep saying Ukraine is loosing and they keep saying loosing with two O's. And the other thing they do is they keep saying, so we said Russia is loosing, but they also say dude or bruh 
a lot. And clearly the talking points that the Russian trolls have been giving, because they clearly have talking points, is throw in dude or bruh, like brother, bro, to try to make it sound American. But they always say it wrong. Like Ukraine's losing, bruh. And you're like, Ukraine's losing, bruh. That doesn't quite work. So we made a T-shirt and Wendy designed it. Russia is losing, dude. <laughs> and dude is spelled wrong as well. The other one, and this one's totally cool. Do you remember? I've got this. It's multiple colors. Do you remember at the beginning of the war, there was a story about a Ukrainian babushka, Ukrainian grandma, who, thank you for that, Ukrainian grandma who took down a Russian drone by throwing a jar of pickles at it? <laughs> well, Wendy did a t-shirt. Oh, hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Make this brighter so you can see it. Thank you for the butterflies. Wendy did a t-shirt. I love I love this t-shirt. Wendy did a t-shirt of the special operations of Ukraine drone removal. Uh, what does it say? Drone removal babushka division, which I absolutely just look at this. I love this. She did such an amazing job. And I had her sign it as well. So hopefully Wendy can get more business. Um, so anyway, you'll find those in the store. They're great store.erevosis.com. All right. I forgot to tell you. I just saw that. It was like, oh my God. Uh, hang on. There was another. Oh, that's just from Alyssa. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, where were we? We've got a couple. Well, we got, you know, I've got another six minutes since the news went long. I'll go another 10 minutes here. Um, what else we got? What else we got here? Oh, that's what we were talking about. So Cassie was asking about Russia attacking the UK. Here's the thing. One, the UK has nuclear weapons. The UK, along with France, have their own nuclear weapons. Um, the UK also not just has nuclear weapons. The UK has, uh, thank you for the hat there. <laughs> um, the UK has nuclear submarines. Now, this is important because you can try to take out nuclear weapons that are in the ground in their silos. It's not easy. The silos are hardened. There's like lots of ways of protecting them. But a nuclear weapon in... um. Uh, I do have hoodies of the pickle. I did not set up hoodies yet of the loosing dude, but I can if folks want it. I can go and set up. I shouldn't say that. Maybe I do. Am I losing my mind? I do not have hoodies of the loosing dude. No, but I will set those up as well. But we do have hoodies of the uh, of the pickles. Yes. Um, the uh, the Ukraine. Uh, yes. So nuclear submarines. UK has nuclear submarines. Nuclear submarines cannot be found. You can't. I mean, literally, Russia could destroy all of Great Britain. They could knock it off the map with all of their nukes, and the UK would be able to respond with their nuclear submarines and cause massive damage. Second problem, UK is part of NATO. Any attack on, on, on Great Britain is an attack on America, an attack on all of NATO. So the Russians wouldn't just be taking Ukraine, uh, the UK. I always think UK, Ukraine. They wouldn't just be attacking the UK. They would be attacking all of us. Russia is not winning this war. I mean, they're, they're, this, this will take a long time for Ukraine to win this war. Okay, it's not like it's going to be over tomorrow. But currently, Russia's not winning this. They're losing. They're losing slowly, but they're losing. The last thing Russia needs is to have NATO get involved, right? 
Russia doesn't need America and the Brits and the French and Germany and Norway and Poland and the ball. I mean, like all of these countries that have great militaries, Italy, they don't need all of those countries involved. So that is why you're not going to see them attack Great Britain. Now, they want to make you think they're going to attack Great Britain. Yes, that is exactly what the Russians are hoping. They're hoping to scare the hell out of you guys in Britain so that you'll put pressure on your own government to basically say, you know, maybe we should stop helping them. But uh-uh, there is, you're fine. I mean, literally, you're fine. There's no way there, it's all a bluff. It's always a bluff. Uh, let me pull up the Q&A on TikTok for the other folks here. One moment here. Q&A. Um, oh, you'll be in Bakhmut tomorrow. Wow. Jeez. God, Nicholas, be careful. Bakhmut is where a lot of the fight, uh, a major fighting in the East has been going on between the Russians and the Ukrainians. It's one of the big frontline cities. Actually, it's one of the big frontline cities that the Russians have been fighting for a few months now. They're using the Wagner or the Wagner group to do it. And the Wagner group isn't doing very well <laughs> in this battle. Um, and um, nonetheless, it's really, really fierce fighting going on. So... Um, and yeah, syndicate, if you saw the note there, Jerry's having a hard time signing in. I don't know. Oh, phone verification is failing. I don't even know why there is phone verification. Do we have phone verification on? Um, why wasn't everyone involved in the war in 2014? And why is everyone involved with the war now between UK and Russia? Good question. So what that person is asking about is in 2014, Russia invades and steals Crimea, the peninsula in the South here. Okay. They also end up getting more or less control of a portion of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, these two provinces over here as well. Okay. Now, I've had others, I mean, Yulia and some other Ukraine experts weighed in and explained this to us that basically the Ukrainians weren't ready to fight back back then. They did not have that good of a military. Uh, remember, they had that government by. I'm never going to remember the guy's name, but he was the Putin stooge that was corrupt. They stole a lot of the military money. Their military was not able to fight. They were in no condition to stop the Russians at that point. Um, what happened in the ensuing eight years is Ukraine got a lot of aid from the West. And actually, hold on a second. Let me tell you really quick. Uh, well, I'll finish. And then MT History Buff is giving a little more history here as well. Ukraine got a lot of aid from the West, a lot of training from excuse me, from NATO troops, and they brought the Ukrainian army from basically not a very good military, a military that was basically a post-Soviet military. So my allergies are going off. Remember how, remember this, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union, okay? That same kind of not so good military structure that the Russians have, the Ukrainians had as well, right? Very top-down, very top-down, Yanukovych is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, very top-down. The lower people were not uh, were not empowered. A lot of theft, you know, whatever. Well, the NATO comes in, trains the Ukrainian military, and really turned them into a world-class class military, which means this time they're able to fight back. Now, I always have to throw in one point. I was talking to a defense friend of mine a few weeks ago, and he said, there's one thing you've got to realize with Ukraine. They're not, they do not have a great military because we helped them. He goes, we helped Iraq and Afghanistan for 20 years. We poured way more money into Iraq and Afghanistan and their militaries suck. 
Afghanistan especially, we saw what happened. Afghanistan folded like a house of cards, as the expression goes, and we trained them for 20 years and poured a lot of equipment, a lot of money. Ukraine developed a world-class military because they are Ukrainians, okay? I mean, the exactly, Canada did training. A lot of NATO countries did training. We helped, but my God, the Ukrainians pulled this off because the Ukrainians have been amazing, amazing. But that is why now Ukraine's able to fight back. Now, in terms of well, I would say that. I mean, that was one of the reasons. No, you know, you get into a lot of stuff here. Obama, and I disagree with Obama on this. At the time, Obama had also said, you know, Ukraine isn't in our strategic interests. Um, uh, you know, it, it's in Russia's sort of sphere. It's not strategically important to us. And here's the thing. Back then, back then, Obama could have been correct. And what I say that, I say that meaning... I was even saying this when we were getting into the war. I said, you know, I don't want to see Ukraine get taken over, but it's not Taiwan. It's not the semiconductor capital of the world. And and this is something that people don't like to hear, but it's true. When you get a country involved in a war, even if it's like us where we're supporting the war, you don't you usually you don't do it just to be a nice guy. You do it because it's also in your national interest. Now I would say if there's a genocide going on, I would hope we would help if we can help, right? So even if it's in Africa somewhere and it's a genocide and it's and it doesn't matter to America strategically, you know, what happens in that country? If it's a genocide and if we can help, I think we should. And that's just my own personal view on sort of the morality of foreign policy. But when I say if we can help, what I mean is you still have to analyze, will your help make a difference or not? Like if you're if if you're simply helping to feel good, but it's not going to make any difference, then there's no point in doing it. And that was the problem back in 2014. Even if we wanted to help, the Ukrainian military wasn't in a position to help itself. Now, you come to today. I think it is very obvious what's going on today. Russia is resurgent. Putin is trying to, whether you want to say he's trying to reconstitute the Soviet Union, or as Putin himself has said, he's trying to be Peter the Great, who I'm not really up on my Russian history as much as I'm guessing my friend Marion is, but Peter the Great was, you know, uh, settled St. Petersburg, right? Leningrad. Uh, I believe he got a bunch of the territory from the Baltic states and and probably Finland and um, and Sweden, you know, whichever he grabbed from there. And Putin is looking at creating greater Russia again, making conquests, getting more land back. Um, that is why this is important, because what we have now concluded, and I don't think President Biden is doing a good job explaining this, but what a lot of us have concluded is we are now no longer fighting Russia, this country on the other side of the world that happens to be beating up one of its neighbors that nobody cares about. I think we're fighting the Soviet Union again. And I think it's just as important as it was back with the Soviet Union. We are dealing now, even though we are dealing with a country whose military is pretty bad, they're still big, they've still got nuclear weapons, and they're still willing to cause a lot of damage and a lot of damage to international trade, especially because they've got, uh, they've got oil, they've got natural gas, and they've got a lot of minerals. They've got a lot of minerals that are very important as well. Thank you, Carol, for that. That's, that is one of my faves, I will say. I love the little seafloor thing. Um, so 
there's a lot of reasons why we're, we're getting more and more involved. But for me personally, I think Russia's the same threat we faced with the Soviet Union. We're now dealing with a country that sadly is trying to develop a bigger and bigger sphere of influence around the world. And I think they might go after Europe, even though, thank you, uh, Benji, for that. Even though they know we've got our nuclear deterrent, I think Russia could start playing games with Poland next, even though Poland's part of NATO. I think they could start playing games with the Baltic countries. And we've know, we know for a while now they've wanted the Baltic countries back, you know, and it just, I, I think we are now in a situation, I mean, I don't know that I can prove it, but I think we're in the situation with Russia where if we don't stand up to Russia today, we're going to have to stand up to Russia in five to 10 years when they start going after countries that are even more important to the national interest. But final point, though, it's a genocide in Europe. There's a lot of there's a lot of history there with regards to genocide in Europe. And in many ways, we are a I don't want to say we're a European country, but. America, we have closer ties to Europe than we do the rest of the world. We just do. Even though we have immigrants from all over the world, we're still more a European country. Our best friend in our best friend in the world is the United Kingdom, right? I mean, France, ironically, even though France, Americans like to pretend we don't like France, we've got a long history. France supported us in the revolution. We've got a long history of support for France too. But our best friends tend to be in Europe. And, you know, I'm 100% Greek. We, we we still have this emotional, a lot of us do. I mean, African-Americans obviously do not have a connection to Europe. At least a lot of them don't, right? Um, but the, the a lot of this country is still European-based and Eurocentric. So there's also an emotional and psychological reason why I think we would focus too. Canada, oh no, Canada's great too. I mean, oh, I don't knock Canada. Um, any case, all right, guys, let me see. Oh. So bash brash bant bash Brannigan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a recap and then we're gonna call his quits in a minute. Does Russia fit the definition of a paper tiger? I don't know. The thing is, Russia by paper tiger, usually you kind of mean, you know, ferocious, scary, and then you look and there's nothing underneath. Clearly, their economy we always knew was kind of eh, you know, they're an okay economy. They're an economy that exists because of oil and natural gas. They don't exist for any other reason. Their economy doesn't matter. Um, two, militarily, we now know for sure. They are a military. Somebody had said recently they're a military superpower. No, they're a nuclear superpower. Their military is mediocre and their economy is pretty lousy other than for oil and gas. But their economy is lousy. Their military is meh. And they're a nuclear superpower, but that's it. So because they're a nuclear superpower and they've got a lot of nukes, you can't uh, you can't say they don't matter, but are they a superpower? No, no, not anymore. They were, but not anymore. It's unfortunate that they've got nuclear weapons because and a, a big enough military that they can cause havoc and murder and mayhem like they're doing in Ukraine. Unfortunately, um, we'll do a couple more little questions now. France, I like I, I you know France. I have studied in France actually, so I have a I wouldn't even say a love hate. I have a love-criticize relationship with France. I love France, but I'll criticize them on foreign policy when they need it. But I do like the French. They're, they're wonderful people. Um, Felix, so they would uh, they would be going all around Europe and attack the UK, and which navy would they use? Well, that's exactly it. The one aircraft carrier which needs to be towed, it would be easier to attack Alaska. Well, that's just it. I mean, to attack the UK, they would pretty much have to use um, 
a nuke. And if they use a nuke, then we're all at nuclear war. So that ain't going to happen, right? Outside of Paris, the French are great. I've also found inside Paris, they can be really neat too. Um, oh, hey, sorry. Alexander is weighing in from Ukraine and he's even got his military helmet on, on TikTok. Everybody give a, give a, give a greeting to Alexander on, on, uh, on TikTok, if you would. We like to we remember remember our tradition. We try to shower um, we try to shower the Ukrainians with uh, with sunflowers whenever we see them on uh, on the apps with us because that is the national flower of Ukraine. So thank you, uh, Roshin. Let me see. Did I still miss a super chat? Hang on. Hang on. While you guys are all saying hi there, let me see. Uh, the paper tiger. Wait, there was a red one? No, that was Alyssa with a sticker. Let me see here, guys. And then I'm going to do the recap and answer the super chat. Let me see. All right. I see you, hon. I see you. I see you. Um, sorry, guys. I'm still saying. Cassie, is it one of the ones that I already answered or is there... Stevie Nicks. Okay, guys, I'm not seeing one here. Have I missed something still or no? Oh, no more missed. Thank you. Okay, I did get back to it. Thank you. All right, guys, let me do a quick recap and then we'll close for tonight. Um, as I said, uh, I'm going to, you know what? I'll go to Discord after this. We've got about a th uh, almost a thousand people on our Discord now, which is really cool. Uh, Discord.erebosis.com. But do check it out. As like I said, we've got really cool auction items. Um, half of the money from the auction is supporting my work. Half of the money we're channeling back into Ukraine support. Um, and I've got really cool stuff. I, we literally found the, the Zelensky green shirt, the same brand, the same shirt. It's the shirt <laughs> and we, it's made in Turkey. We found it. So we're selling, we're auctioning those off. Um, and I've got these really cool Azov style steel bracelets that are made from steel from the Azov style plant, which is where the 2000 Ukrainian defenders held off the 14,000 Russians for two months. The Ukrainian government is actually selling the bracelets for charity, uh, funneling all the money back into the military. Vlad, my friend in Ukraine, was able to um, was able to get me uh, three of them and we're auctioning them off, too. So check it out. All right. Let me do the quick recap. And then we'll do a quick little sayonara and head out. So senior Russian military leaders discussed last month how and when they might use nuclear weapons on the battlefield in Ukraine. Uh, two U.S. officials have told CBS News. This is the part where I just recap the stories we talked about today in case anybody missed them. Um, I did a quick update on the fundraiser we had last week. We raised $4,000 to buy two diesel generators and two batteries to support a field hospital and more at the front lines in Ukraine. Uh, it's going to help 50 to 100 Ukrainian troops. And the whole reason we got them is because the Russians keep knocking out the power. Um, this is all from you guys. So thank you. You're all amazing for donating for this. Uh, the grain deal is back on. Uh, seven food ships have already left Ukraine today. As a result of Russian shelling late in the evening on November 2nd, which was last night, the Zaporizhia nuclear plant went into full blackout mode and all 20 diesel generators were switched on to ensure the plant does not melt down. Um, I then mentioned really quick about my Discord auction. We've got, oh, we've got Patron stamps too. Remember the dog, the, the mining dog, the mine sweeping dog? Anyway, go to my discord.erevosis.com. You'll see all of it. Uh, Russia's threatening nuclear war again, but you know, 
So what else is new? Um, the UN, the International Atomic Energy Agency, also known as the IAEA, uh, they're the UN body that is in charge of uh, nuclear power, nuclear energy. They did an investigation and found no evidence whatsoever that Ukraine was developing a dirty bomb, which is what the Russians kept claiming. Um, in Kherson, region in the south of Ukraine, where a lot of fighting is going on, the Russians have moved a lot of their proxies and collaborators out of the administration buildings uh, south of the river because all the fighting is going on in the north. And um, they even uh, the Russian flag was lowered from the administration building, which is a big deal. If the Ukrainians can take the north of the river there by Christmas, that would be a really big, big success for the Ukrainians. Um Russia keeps blaming the UK for stuff, I wrote. Um, the uh, Yes, I know I sound stuffy. Uh, Russia keeps blaming the UK. Just keep an eye on it. They, they keep demonizing the United Kingdom, and I'm not sure why. Just keep an eye on it. Um, per the Washington Post, the North Korean government is covertly supplying Russia with artillery. Uh, there was a prisoner of war exchange today with Ukraine and the Russians. They got... Uh, 107 Ukrainian soldiers were released, including 74 from the Azov-style steel plant. Uh, the Bulgarian parliament has voted to provide military aid to Ukraine. And the G20, Zelensky has said, if Putin shows up, he will not. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off. Um, on YouTube, on YouTube in the future, okay, actually, I'm going to sign off. I'll do a quick answering, just a couple questions for folks who are asking how to do things. Um, but tomorrow I'll go to the discord for a few minutes. I know I am getting clogged. This is because I had that surgery on my nose yesterday. So it's finally clogging up a bit, but, um, on, uh, otherwise tomorrow, 6 PM Eastern time us, I will be back. So set your clocks for that. Thank you moderators for everything. I know it's not fun, <laughs> especially on, uh, on TikTok. you're doing God's work. So thank you all. Thank you for the gifts. You guys are amazing. The whale people are amazing, but really all of you are amazing. So I really appreciate your support because it's it, it helps me keep, I mean, helps me emotionally keep doing this to know you guys support me, but it also helps because I do have to pay the bills and, and it helps. So thank you guys. Um, the uh, How to donate on YouTube. On YouTube, thank you, Marion. On YouTube, there should be below the um, your chat box there should be a little dollar symbol or something. I don't have it in front of me, but maybe one of you on YouTube can explain it. There should be like a little dollar symbol and you push it and it gives you the option of sending either a gift, like a fun, you know, a fun little thing or just a super sticker, which simply pops up and says, thank you. For example, let me see. I want to pull up like Miss Mixie's little super sticker here. Hey, beep, 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 beep. This is the question. So the super chat question looks like that. So you can buy a question and you can pay whatever you want. It leaves it up longer. If you pay more money, it just, you know, whatever you can afford. Um, and, or you can buy a super sticker, which is what this is. And it's simply, if you don't have a question, but you simply want to make a donation and it's a nice way of just making the donation. And I get to see that you did it and thank you for it. Um, but there should be something in the chat box that has a dollar symbol that shows you how to do that. Um, Otherwise, actually, you know what I'll say? Otherwise, last little thing, guys, and I'll sign off. You can always go to my link tree, erevosis.com, and I've got PayPal. I've got Venmo. I've got Cash App. I've got all that stuff there. 
You could just donate. I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You can donate there. Um, if you really feel uh, generous, you can even go to my Patreon and you can make a monthly donation. I've got a link to the Discord, but if you don't want to use the Discord, you could just simply make a donation, $5 a month, whatever you want to do. That's really helpful too. Um, but whatever works, I, I appreciate it. So thank you. All right, guys, you know, I'll go to Discord briefly. I'm not going to go too long because I can tell I'm kind of out of it today, but um, but I'll go to the Discord briefly. So it's discord.erevosis.com. And um, thank you guys. Again, just very, I really appreciate your generosity. So, all right, guys, see you tomorrow. And the Discord folks, I will see you shortly over there.